We're coming up on the five-year anniversary of the PS4 and the Xbox One, and we thought what better way to celebrate than by going through our top 10 favorite games we've played this generation. That also includes the Switch, but we'll get to that. This is Now Loading, a video game podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Now Loading, a video game podcast. This is episode three of the podcast. It is our E3, but we're not going to be talking about E3 anymore. You're tired of it, probably. We're a little tired of it. We'll wait till next year. But as always, I'm joined by my two cohorts, Kyle in Pennsylvania. What's up? I'm a cohort. It's good. (laughs) And Casey out in California. What's up? This is Casey, your local... Los Angeles cohort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought you were getting to say weatherman. I would have been wondering mm-hmm. when you got that job. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also am the weatherman out here. Cool. <laughs> it's an easy job out there. <laughs> With that, today, as yeah. you may have heard in the intro, we're going to be going through our top 10 best favorite games we've played this generation. It's hard to narrow this list down, don't you think, guys? Yeah, there's a lot of games, so it's pretty tough to get only 10. But yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're in a spot in the video game industry, and we've talked about this before, that like it feels like every game that comes out is so good. It's like, how do we buy all these games? How do we not spend money on all these games? Well, we want to. Um, I think my issue is uh, not so much buying the games, but just finding the time to play them. Also <laughs> very true. Now that we are adults, we don't have as much time to play games, but... We tried who's, it. An ad- who's an adult? That's a good point. None of us. <laughs> I'm looking around <laughs> for an adult. We have a file. video game podcast, so none of us. Okay. <laughs> Confirmed. Uh, not adults. And so what we did with these uh, top ten games is that we compiled them all into one list. We're not each going to have our own separate list. We thought that'd be a little too much, but we kind of all agreed on a list. We put on put them in a top ten order, and there's probably going to be some disagreements from listeners out there but who cares this is the definitive list this is 100% right (laughs) so let's jump right (laughs) into the list with a game that we played together a lot and this was more of an indie title but Rocket League coming in at number 10 Casey will take this one okay first (laughs) this is uh, definitely a favorite of mine it's uh, one that I always jump to if I don't know what to play, it's like, well, I'll, I'm always down for a round or 10 of Rocket League. And um, yeah, very few games kind of sink their teeth into me as far as like games that I'll play year after year. And to this day, I'm still playing Rocket League. Um, and I was playing it during the beta before before it even got out. So I'm not that good at it still. But um, yeah, it, it has yet to become not fun. Right. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I love uh, Rocket League because it's like, you know, it, it has all the thrills of a sports game, but it's just a ridiculous concept. Um, cars playing soccer, I love that from the beginning. Uh, you know, my buddy's a really big soccer fan, and he's not a really big video game guy, but we played a ton of Rocket League, just staying up like five nights in a row playing Rocket League. Uh, I have it on Switch and PS4. I thought it was one of the best games of this generation just due to the... Due to the just how much fun it is you can't like casey said you can't stop playing it once you start so i mean i think that's a testament to how good a game is when you're willing to buy it on two separate systems sure it's a pretty good indicator and kind of all the points that you guys said make a ton of sense it's just a ton of fun i mean it's a blast for you to play together with your friends and 
we kind of came onto this game because it was a free giveaway for PS Plus, which is crazy that um, a free game, in the sense of the word, can become that popular and can become one of the top ten best games we've played this generation. Yeah, definitely. That was I think that was a really smart move on their part to make it a free game. That's how I got it originally uh, for PS4. But yeah. I, yeah, I love it that it's like the skill. It, you can jump into it um, as a casual player or, you, you know, you can sit there and put so many hours into it and get like super skilled at it as well. So it has those two ends to it. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely one of those games that's easy to learn, but really hard to master. And uh, also, I'm not really one to watch a lot of esports, but uh, with Rocket League, I, I've watched a few of those matches, and they're just, they're just insane. And they're also just fun to watch because of the, some of the moves that these guys pull off. Yeah, definitely very big in the esports market. Definitely big on Twitch. Um, it is. It's. I mean, it comes back to video games. Are they a sport or not? And I think this is one that shows that it really can be. So, number ten, Rocket League. Now we're going to move to number nine, which is a very big shift from a game. This is a first-person shooter, Doom. Doom 2016, the remake. I think we all enjoyed this one a lot. Great narrative, even great multiplayer, great engine, great 60 frames per second. Looks amazing. One of the best-looking games of this generation as well. What do you guys think? Yeah, definitely. Um, one One of my very first games on the computer, on a Macintosh actually, was uh, Doom 2. I played a lot with my dad. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that game was just awesome as a kid just because of how like gory it was and kind of like crazy. Um, so I've always had a soft spot for the Doom franchise. And uh, when this game came out, it looked awesome. And sure enough, when I played it, it felt awesome too. So yeah, everything was just so fluid and fun and just sort of like had that crazy action all the time. and really um kind of promoted aggressive combat with the whole like um i forgot what they call it but you press a you know a combo of buttons to kind of activate like uh the finishing kill move glory kill that's the one yeah glory so, kill I've, I've played it more recently so <laughs> i know the terminology yeah I have, you- a, I, I have a little um interesting tidbit i think i think this is the case do you guys remember getting uh, a free game in a cereal box called like Checks master checks something like that. I want to um, know where you're going with this. I, I kind of remember that. <laughs> I don't yeah, that. I, I need to. I need. I need to look up the actual title of it. But it was a checks game that you like zapped these goo goo aliens with your like little zapper thing. But it was basically it was it was like a mod of Doom basically. Like it was that engine, that uh, uh-huh. first person shooter. So like that was my first introduction to it, and then I played Doom as a kid, and I was like, oh, this is like the checks game that came in my cereal box. But um, why anyway, are, wait, real real quick, why are you revealing our number one game on the list so early? Yeah, that that, that, that is true. That I, well, maybe I have something. I have somewhere to go, and I'm just trying to end <laughs> it end it now. So yeah, it's the checks game. The checks no, game is no, not number one on our list. But anyway, no, it's cool that Where they brought bra- they brought back the franchise, and and it was so successfully done critically and. Uh, uh, just, it was awesome that they uh, lived up to the original um, and how it, the things it brought to the first person genre, first person shooter. Definitely. 
Um, and I think you gave us a great idea for a future podcast there. Top 10 best games to come out of a cereal box. So look out for that. <laughs> Number one is the checks game. We don't know that. We got to do more research on the subject. There could yeah. be a lot of really good cereal games that we didn't buy. They could have been in a box of granola that we didn't eat when we were 10. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I got a, a Weekend at Bernie's DVD on top of my Domino's pizza one time. So that's another... Another thing oh, yeah. we can discuss sometime. That's that movie came out in like the '80s. Why were they giving away? <laughs> well, that's why they were. It was. It was an old movie at that point. That's true. But anyway, anyway, we got Doom way was off, cool. But Doom is a great game. Weekend at Bernie's is a great movie. Yeah. So. Yep, they're in the same universe as well. They go so. hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been playing Doom a lot recently. I've been playing the campaign. I got a 4K upgrade on the Xbox One X. Like I said earlier, looks incredible. Gameplay is so fluid. Getting those glory kills is awesome. And there's a lot of like cool little RPG elements, too, where you got to get upgrades for all your guns. you got to get some suit upgrades. So it combines all these things into a little perfect package to make it number nine on our list. Hell and yeah. What comes after nine? Eight. Eight. Well, I guess before. That's weird. <laughs> anyway, this is going to be a <laughs> controversial pick, maybe. But we had a lot of fun playing it. And number eight is Destiny, the first one. Kyle, yeah. what do you think about this controversial pick that we're throwing out there? It, yeah, it's a little controversial because a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth about how they handled DLC and just the whole game was a little bit of a mess based on the initial like expectations that they laid out for the game. Um, but I didn't really go into it with those expectations. I wasn't following. Um, I was still on the PS3. Um, it, at that point, so this was actually the it came bundled with my console. I have the white uh, Destiny PS4, so um, it's kind of like when you got an NES as a kid and you got it bundled with Super Mario Brothers. Like that becomes one of your favorite games because of the fact that it's probably the first thing you're popping in when you get it. Um, and 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 for me, it was just amazing. Well, first of all, I was blown away by the PS4's graphics, and Destiny is still a really good-looking game four years later, or how long, much longer. Mm -hmm. um, but I just had so much fun. Um, you know, it, it might not have been a perfect game, but I had so much fun with friends, like, just running around and just, uh, you know, even doing, like, the patrols and, you know, the raids or, you know, the night strikes. Like, I just had a, such a blast, like, with friends in that game, and I, I would like to see that more in... Just games in general. I want to see the co-op uh, be a little more, uh, yeah, to the forefront in gaming because that that was the selling point for me on Destiny. I loved that. Definitely, I think that's why we put this on the top ten list was the great moments we could create with playing with friends, and it has one of the best co-op, I guess, story modes if you could call it that, or you can just run yeah. through and do everything in co-op, whether it be PvP, whether it be PVE, whether it be Pretty much anything you could do in the game, like you said, patrols and raids. Um, and I think it also it helped that it came out pretty early in the life cycle of the PS4, mm -hmm. where people were just yearning for a game like this. And there was a lot of hype. It's from Bungie, who's obviously well-known for the Halo franchise. Um, and this was kind of their first venture into a new world since handing off uh, Halo to 343. So, so much hype around the game, and honestly, a lot came to happen with a lot of expansion passes and them forcing you to pay more money to keep playing the game. But, I mean, just the moments that we are able to create and the mm -hmm. hours we put in the game that I think there's no way we couldn't put it on the top 10 based on yeah. those factors. 
Yeah, and I was just gonna say, like, I, I don't know if I've ever had another gaming experience where it's like you and like five friends that you're playing with like every day. It's like you rush home from work and you're like, we got to get on Destiny, and you don't even you don't even have to tell anybody. You just sign on after work, and five of your friends are already on. So it was that was what it was for me. It was awesome. Definitely. Um. So yeah, Destiny. That's probably gonna be our most controversial pick of this. I think after. I think but seven. Deal is, with it though. Deal, deal with, with it. I think seven and above here are are pretty solid picks. Um, number seven. I, I guess maybe this one could be interesting. Um, Rise of the Tomb Raider. And the only reason I say this could be an interesting pick is because it did when it first came out. It did something that gamers don't necessarily like, where it was a timed year release for Xbox One. So it was on Xbox One for a year first before it finally came to PlayStation. I played it on the Xbox. This actually was one of the games when I first bought my Xbox One. This was bundled with it. So you talk about a game being bundled with a console makes you like that game more because it's the first thing you pop in. And yeah, this was the first game I played on Xbox One when I got it is Rise of the Tomb Raider. Now I had played the Tomb Raider reboot um, before this one. I love that. But this one kind of amplified it, took it to the next level, um, expanded the world. Uh, not necessarily open world, but definitely bigger levels, bigger set pieces, and just super enjoyable with all those RPG elements. Um, and the story is fantastic. It, it, we see Lara get angrier, and we see the game just being a ton of fun. Yeah, I, I, I was the on the PS4 end of this game, obviously, and it, you know, it was a timed thing, so I got, I got to play it a lot later than it came out. Uh, but I had played the reboot as well, and I really loved that. I got it for like 14 bucks, you know, on, on a deal or something, and that's just like an incredible deal. I saw it for five the other day. The, the reboot, I was like, that's, yeah, that's one of the best deals out there. Like, just make it free at this point for PlayStation Plus. Uh, but. Yeah, love that game, and then I went into this with uh, really high expectations, and it was a lot. It was a lot more of the same, but they kind of elevated the gameplay, and uh, yeah, badass Lara, Lara Croft, uh, more badass than we've ever seen her. Um, I, I, I actually like. I know I this this game may or may not be coming up, whatever, but <laughs> the Uncharted series I would equate it to, except. Uh, I actually like Tomb Raider more personally because I, I do like that those L RPG elements and uh, just I I thought the characters in the world were a little bit more interesting for me but yeah I loved uh, loved this game yeah we talk a lot about the um, reboot of Tomb Raider and I should caveat the reason that one's not on this list is because this list is of this generation so that Tomb Raider while they remastered it and put it on this. Um, generation. It was originally an Xbox 360 PS3 game, so mm -hmm. unfortunately could not be included in here. We kind of skirted around those lines a little bit with Destiny, where it's a multi-platform release where it came on both. So just so you know, for the rest of the list, all these games are had to be released first on this generation of consoles, and that includes Xbox One, PS4, and the Nintendo Switch. So possible spoiler alert there, what's coming along. <laughs> Casey, you have any uh, feedback on Tomb Raider? You, you didn't get to play it, but I know you've seen a ton of stuff. Yeah, uh, it's it's just one of those games that I hear a ton of good stuff about all the time, but I haven't uh, gotten around to playing it. I have it actually. I still haven't played it. What are you doing, man? We gotta. We're gonna uh, make you capture the footage for. We're gonna actually for, excuse yeah. you for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. You you may go play Tomb Raider. Okay. Let me go play. This is now a two man podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna yeah. pop up with a new intro right here and a new name. <laughs> you should yeah. 
You, should, you can just put that in. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, it looks great. I, I I hear people say a lot of great stuff, so it is something I'm looking forward to playing. Cool. Absolutely. This next one, we've all played, and I know that. So we all have something to say about this one. You and don't know that. And I might have had a ghost player log on in, on my account. That's you true. Know. Well, I know we all own this game, at least. So <laughs> I guess we all own the last one, though, too. So what am I saying? This is actually top 10 games that we own and not necessarily have played. <laughs> That's there's, We could make a list of 100, probably, with that, if we did that. Man. But, the um, comments, yeah. The comments are totally based on what other people have said on the game. <laughs> What's cool about this game, though, this next one, is it's another heroine, another um, female lead character, Horizon Zero Dawn, coming in at number six. Say yes to heroin. Say I mean, yes. like, I mean, I mean, like, the strong yes. heroines in video games. Yeah, I realized when I said that. I don't know if the pronunciation's off, but we need we mean Haran, female Haran, 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 Haran. That's a bird. Yeah. No, anyway, anyway. So, this guy, this game kind of came out of nowhere, I want to say. Like, no one expected this, like, 10 out of 10 game just to drop um, for PS4 and to be exclusive on there. It's from Guerrilla Games, which did the Killzone franchise, which was well-known. But, I mean, I don't think those were, those are praised, but not nearly to the level that Horizon Zero Dawn was. And this game, when it mm-hmm. came out... I picked it up pretty early. I mean, I don't normally pick up games like super early in their life cycle all the time. But this one I like looked at, I was like, oh, this is like incredible. Like amazing, amazing open world. Like robot animals that you can control and you can kill. And there's just so much to do. We talk about RPG elements in Tomb Raider. This, like the RPG elements are like awesome where there's a ton of different weapons, a ton of different mods you can get for those weapons. Um, level up a bunch of different skills. Um, it kind of takes those Assassin Creed type vibes where you're trying to get to like a vantage point to like unlock the map, but like this does it with like Brontosaurus type. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like dinosaur thingy, robot dinosaurs. I don't even know how to describe it. Like that's like how crazy this world they built is. But like they're moving around and you're trying to climb them and just to unlock the map so you can find other things to do. And this is one where I went through, I 100% and I platinumed it. I re-picked it up recently, the complete edition, just because like I need to play this again. I need to play this again. I need to play the Frozen Wilds. And really just, I could have put this higher on the list, but that's just a testament to how many good games came out this generation that this is only number six on the list. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I played I played it through completely as well. Got 100%. Haven't done the DLC, but um, yeah, to me, it just kind of checked off every box of like a really good open world RPG game. Um, visuals are pretty stunning, especially in, with HDR. And um, yeah, overall the gameplay I think is what makes the game. Um, the weapons you get are really interesting and the combat itself can really be creative. You can kind of take down enemies in a number of different ways, which is really cool. And uh, everything just felt really good control wise. And then on top of that, you have a really cool kind of sci-fi story. And um, the way it kind of unveils itself throughout the game is interesting, and it kind of really picks up at the very end. And uh, I won't say anything more than that, but... 
Yeah, this guy's trying to give spoilers away here. <laughs> yeah, Snape ends up killing Dumbledore yeah. at the end. Snape so. kills yeah. Dumbledore at the end of this game is kind of crazy. I didn't watch the Harry Potter movies till recently, so that was kind of a buzzkill. Oh, sorry. <laughs> also, they're, they're apparently books as well, which I found out, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They were, they're based on the movies, I heard. Yeah, the books are based on the movies. <laughs> I love, yeah. I think that I, this is a complete shift of topic, but I love when... I think video games actually contributed to this as well. When like a movie does commercially well and it's based on a book, the book then gets like its cover art becomes like the movie cover art. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Yeah. I don't. I actually don't like that. I, I would say, I would put my opinion out there that I think that's a bad. Pra- uh, now I think it's a good business practice, but I, I think it takes away from what the book originally was. But having said that, let's not talk more about it. Yeah. Unless I make a, her- I would, but like I read, I'd read a book based on Horizon Zero Dawn about this world because it's a, it's a super super interesting world. So I'm mm-hmm. throwing that out there to the to Gorilla Games, who's obviously listening to this podcast to mm-hmm. yeah. make mm-hmm. a book about this world in Horizon Zero Dawn. Kyle, give me your thoughts uh, on the game. Uh, here, here's what I'll say about it. I'm I'm not too too far into it. Uh, I kind of got sidetracked by a bunch of other games that came out that I was really looking forward to, but it's something I'm definitely looking forward to revisiting. And uh, the time I did spend with it, I thought I thought the protagonist was super cool. She seemed really tough and awesome. And uh, and the the weapons and the mod system, like you were saying, it just seemed endless. Like <laughs> once you get into it, um, there's so many possibilities to play the way you want to play. So I'm looking forward to getting back into it. So we promise on this list there is there are games that we've all completed. So <laughs> promise. Maybe. The next next one is not one of them because there's nothing to really be completed with it. It's a multiplayer game. Straight multiplayer, but probably the best one of this generation. Best FPS of this generation probably. Number five, Overwatch. Now yes. when you t- talk about Overwatch, you talk about a super innovative first-person shooter that did something pretty different that I've never really seen before, is that everyone has to... It wasn't initially like this, but I love the change that everyone has to be a different character, and it makes for so much strategy and so much, like... I guess when you get online with your friends where you all need to talk about... All talk about, like, what type of character you're going to be... and really, really need to strategize and figure out your plan going into any single game type. And you guys picked this up before I did, and you guys put a lot more hours into it. Why do you think this is worthy of a top five inclusion on our list? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll just say like it it was something I had no idea. I picked this up off of kind of I, I used to edit a lot of videos for Smosh Games, and they were playing like the beta of it before it came out. And uh, I, I thought it looked really interesting. I'm kind of into that cartoony like art style and everything. Um, and it kind of blew me away. Like I was, I was kind of confused on what was going on. It just seemed like, is this like a first person shooter? But it's a lot more than that. Once I, I just bought it on a whim. And man, I like played it for like ten hours straight. I was just like, this is so, this is amazing. Um, but like Zach said, it's like kind of like the the level of strategy is so cool that you know, and and you get up get players that you're personally better. Uh, with which is cool because then your friends might be better with another character um so you can all like bring your talents to when you're playing matches uh yeah no i i just uh 
I found a lot to love with Overwatch, and I still play it um, from time to time today, hop on for a few rounds, do my season placement matches, whatever, but uh, I, I like Soldier 76, that's my guy, so. Anyway, awesome game, and uh, I think it has a lot of life left in it, despite being out for a couple years now, so. Yeah, I, I agree. I, um, I picked it up just based on the buzz around the game when it was, you know, at its peak popularity, and uh Normally, not something I would really be attracted to just because it's an online competitive game. And I tend to not be great at those just because <laughs> I'm not playing them 20 hours a day. Except Rocket um, League. He's a Rocket League god. Yeah, I am a Rocket League god. <laughs> I um, am a god. <laughs> so, uh, but the thing I like about this game is you can jump in even as a completely... Um, new beginner to the game and you can do things that make you feel at least like you're contributing to the team and really you are it's it's really built in a really balanced way where um, you know it feels like you're making progress because of the different game types and uh, it even does things like it kind of counts kills for you even if you just sort of assisted in a way and Mm -hmm. um, all that stuff makes for a really fun experience rather than a frustrating one like I think some other um, online competitive games. Yeah, you touched have. on something there that is really cool. I love the, like, if you just contribute to a kill, you kind of get credit for it. Um, that's mm-hmm. something in first-person shooters, I think, is, like, the most frustrating thing in the world, <laughs> where you're like, I did all the work. Why don't I get <laughs> I want to be awarded. I want to see on the scoreboard that I did something. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll add the point, too, that uh, we were talking about this before, um, that, you know, it's, it really is about getting good at a certain character because all the characters are, the, besides cosmetic changes and skins, they're all the same uh, for each pe- player playing. So it, it's balanced. It's based on your skill. It's based on how much you know the strategy of that particular player, what they're used for. Uh, I, I think that's great. It's not you know like Battlefront or Call of Duty or some of these other games that these people that have been playing, like Casey said, for 20 hours, they have like these crazy upgraded weapons and just stuff mm-hmm. that you just like, I'm quitting. This sucks, you know. Uh, but Overwatch is not like that. It's like, it's how good you are. And that's, I think that's the way that competitive online games should be. Definitely. Yeah. So the four after this are more story driven ones. And we kind of cheated on number four here, where it's. No cheating. No cheating. It's like no two cheating. games, but. I think it's I think it's fine that we made it one. We're going with Uncharted 4 slash The Lost Legacy, number four on our top ten best games we played this generation. What do you guys think about Uncharted 4? I like your radio voice, Zach. You really like you give it the the like ballpark uh, like announcer guy Thank you. thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um hosting duties. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought this, like, if we're talking, I mean, it's a lot more than just graphics and visuals, but this is one of the best looking games I think we've ever, we've ever seen, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that I, the gameplay is incredible. The, the story is awesome. Um, I'm a big Solly fan. I, I want to see, like, a Solly <laughs> game someday. But, uh, no, I, I just, like, it was kind of like one of those, um, like, mind-blowing moments in a, you know, console generation when you're like, okay, they're, they're really getting good with... Uh, you know, maxing out the full potential of this thing, and uh, yeah, it just was kind of, it was it was huge. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that Naughty Dog. I mean, with all the 
expectations around Uncharted 4. I mean, the three before this were very, very good games. Played the trilogy, uh, the remastered trilogy on PS4. They're so good. And for them to come out, and I would say it might... I mean, Uncharted 2 is super, super good. But this might be the best out of the four Mm -hmm. um, with what they did story-wise. Even the multiplayer is super fun. Uh, They don't get enough credit for that Naughty Dog doesn't just like throw in multiplayer because they want a game to last longer. They really work on multiplayer for these games and make them something worthy of playing. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, Yeah, I think one common theme with this list is all the developers of these games are have such attention to detail that it it just makes the game that much more impressive. And, uh, you know, on top of that, it, it just feels really good. And um, in this case, has a, a, a story that drives the whole thing. Um, I haven't actually played this game, disclaimer. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I'm still working through the, the trilogy right now. But um, from what I've seen and, and as far as the visuals, they're just pretty mind-blowing and probably some of the best that you can find on the PS4. And, uh, yeah, I think Naughty Dog is definitely one of those... Um, world-class developers and they just really know what they're doing and they make great games now remember this is a collaborative list so when we throw uncharted 4 at number four we're like casey trust us on this one it's a top (laughs) it's a top four game oh no i I was i was more like casey we don't value your opinion that's true so we're gonna (laughs) cut you out and we're just gonna put games we like although kyle you suggested the checks games so Oh yeah, but that and compared that's, that to Doom, so <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think it might be better than Doom. Okay. So I, I put your angry comments in the in the in the the box below. If you've played that, let us know. <laughs> give us I need a, to look. I need to look up a five star review for the next podcast. I will look up the uh, Chex Blaster. Maybe I'll look it up and I'll talk about it a little bit next time for those that want. Well, remember we're doing the top ten serial games. So okay, I'll save it for that. Yeah. Um, and then when I said what's at number four here, I also said The Lost Legacy. And the reason we're, I think we're able to cheat on this one and put them both there is that The Lost Legacy was originally supposed to be just DLC um, for Uncharted 4. But Naughty Dog, being Naughty Dog, did what they do. And they went above and beyond and created a game that was worthy of being separate. Um, it's basically the length of Uncharted 1. Um, and this game, we talk about this game, like looks even better than Uncharted 4. Like the lighting when you're on the rooftops and the like neon lights are going looks insane on in HDR um, and really just on any TV. Naughty Dog outdid themselves and super fun game. Gave it a little more of an open world aspect with um, once you're about halfway through the game, it opens up and you kind of again search for collectibles and go to different parts of the map um, to complete object- objectives. So. Even when they're not sticking to the same formula, they're able to pivot a little bit and create something new and something fresh and something really, really fun and something really good, worthy of being number four on our top ten list. Get to play as the badass chicks. You do. Nadine and Chloe. Loves it. Yeah, and Kyle, you brought up... uh, you want to see a Sully spinoff? These were two unexpected, unexpected characters to get a spinoff game, but they made it work and super fun. So young, young Sully, it's gonna be dope. There we go. That, that's Kyle's idea. So Naughty Dog, who is also listening to this with Guerrilla Games, 
Yeah, they're actually they've been commenting in the chat, the live yeah, chats. So. so we're just reaching out to all the devs here and telling yeah, them what to do. They're like nice podcast guys, keep it up. The whole studio is actually watching live right now. Yeah, so I doubt the next studio is watching this because it's Nintendo, and we hint it that there would be some Switch games on here. Obviously, Nintendo. They don't actually some. have a. They don't have internet at their company. Yeah. Here, so. And again, the fact that this game <laughs> is going to come in at number three um, is a really, really big testament to how good games are this generation. Number three, Super Mario Odyssey, only at number three. And this game is so, so much fun. This game, I think the reason this game is so much fun, especially for like our age demo, is that it really brings up the nostalgic moments of playing Super Mario 64 where they took that same formula with like finding stars but in Super Mario Odyssey you're finding moons and they like labeled them the same exact way like when you found a moon I mean a star in Super Mario 64 where it's like hidden star in the sky and this one will be like hidden <laughs> moon in the sky or like ground pound like you know what I mean and I, I, I can't even come up with a good example but like warp bum, bum, zone bum, 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 bum. Yeah, and you get that great sound cue of when you discover one. Um, And there's so many moons to discover in this game. This game will... I I beat the story mode for this game, but there's so much more to do after the game. Um, And you get a ton, a ton of value out of this game. It's Nintendo. It's Mario. And again, living up to expectations. Somehow, they do it again and again. And this might be one of the best Marios of all time. And that's saying a lot. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I, yes, I yes. No, you agree. go. No, you go. You go. You go. This you, game's you, so good. Okay. We just got to talk over each other about how good this <laughs> I, yeah, game is. Let's just talk. Let's say one, two, three, and then we all talk so about good. what we like about it, and then and uh, like just have it over each other. No, I'm just kidding. But Casey, you go. One, first. two, three. Mario. So good, Mario. <laughs> yeah, for me, this game. Uh, yeah, I think I think you had a really good point as far as uh, the game really kind of um, caters towards, I think, the uh, people our age who played Mario 64 on the N64, because there were so many callbacks to that and the previous Mario games before that as well, and uh, just so nostalgic, and um, had so many like amazing sequences in the game, like uh, in New Donk City, how you kind of go into like 2D mode and it has this like awesome music playing with all these uh, 2D elements going on. They made um, a city just, called New Donk City work somehow. Like, that is the stupidest city yeah. name I've ever heard. But Yeah, I think they, they had a missed opportunity to use uh, Donk by Soldier Boy as the music um, in that mm-hmm. level. She got a donk. 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 She, you know? Only the criticism of this game. Yeah, it, it, most, most places gave it 9.5 and they said should have had Donk by Soldier Boy is the new Donk City soundtrack, but yeah, no. Uh, all jokes aside, um, it it really does bring back Super Mario sixty four. Um, that was like the first game Mario Kart was, but the first N sixty four game that I got was Super Mario sixty four. Probably like a lot of kids, and uh, it's really just like that game on steroids. You know, I mean, it introduces the the Cappy mechanic and everything, but to me that that was like a, just a that was like an addition, you know, like a like a side course because to me it was just jumping back into the Mushroom Kingdom and uh, it it felt like 64 how you controlled it was, it just was it was beautiful, you know it was just like 
it kind of was a awesome way to escape, you know, the, uh, you know, the adult life that we live now. And it's like, like jumping back into, into that world, you know, I, I mean, I love Nintendo, like I said on the other ones, but, uh, this was kind of like taking it to that level. That's like only they yeah. can do. So Kyle was not a day one Nintendo 64 getter, as we can tell based on Mario Kart was his first Nintendo 64. Oh, it, it was bundled. It was bundled with. If we're talking same, about bundle I games, bundle. I, I got my that. very yep. first video game. What's a uh, very first video game in '96 or '97? Yeah, he's a little he's a little younger than the than us. Yeah, still, I'm 12. 12. <laughs> Case, K- Casey's 12. So, but real quick about Nintendo 64, and we talk about going back to Super Mario 64. I'm pretty sure we, we might need to fact check this, but the Nintendo 64 released with only two games in North America. <laughs> when it came out two games for the system when it came out it was uh super mario 64 and wave wa- wave race i believe oh yep yeah i played that one pretty crazy i mean uh, w- this might be a spoiler alert and i think people could probably already guess where he's we're trying going. to rescue peach in it that's the spoiler alert but the switch came out with like three games right was it like three games when it came out besides like the oh indie games yeah like probably Anyway, Super Mario Odyssey, if for some reason you haven't played it yet, this is a reason to buy a Nintendo Switch. It's that good. Amen. Take it back. Take it back. We're going to take it back now to a game that came out before Super Mario Odyssey with a very, very different tone from Super Mario Odyssey. I don't think we could have a more drastic shift in tone of where we're... And, like... I guess, um, accessibility of a game. Because number two on our top 10 games we've played this generation is Bloodborne. And I'm going to let Kyle and Casey talk about this one. I've played this one and I enjoyed it a lot. But Kyle and Casey probably would have put this at number one if they had full say of the list. But I don't know. It would have been close, I think. But these guys love the game. Very hard game, very awesome atmosphere. But Kyle, Casey, whoever wants to go first, give me your thoughts on Bloodborne. <laughs> Kyle, how about you? All right. Uh, so I'll, I'll start by saying is that that co-op aspect of Destiny that I love so much, um, it's, it, it, this game kind of gave me the same feeling only because, well, Casey and I like played most of the game together and like platinumed it in the wee early hours of the morning Kyle's only platinum my only platinum I I'm a kind of I'm kind of an ADD gamer I, I switch games a lot I'm like oh I'm gonna platinum this guys and then they're all like yeah right I bet um, <laughs> quality over but quality. anyway th- this game it, it's my introduction to the from software Soulsborne games um, I picked it up and I picked it up based off of the reviews I actually had never even like played Dark Souls or heard of Dark Souls believe it or not um, I picked this game up, and the it, the first day I played it, I was like, I'm going to return this. And usually I'm just like, I don't feel like doing that stuff, going back to the store, going through all that headache. And I was like so pissed off at this game. I was like, I'm going <laughs> to return. I, I, this makes no sense. The menus are clunky. It's weird. There's like no real story going on. I have no idea what's going on. Um, and then I kind of just like stuck with it, and um, it it really became like the most rewarding video game experience I've ever had and uh, man I, I've like gone I platinumed it and I've gone back and I haven't done a lot of 
extra playthroughs, but man, I've well, I did what's required for the platinum trophy, but man, I, I need to like go back in this world again because uh, the design is incredible, the mood that, that it sets is awesome. Like you can just tell there's a lot of uh, love and passion that went into the design of this game, um, and and all of those like initial concerns that I had with like it being so damn hard and so like stubborn and just like and just vague. It's like a vague story, but that's what you grow to love about the series, and you love to you know, playing Dark Souls later and all that stuff. You love that stuff about the From Software games. So, I mean, I, I'm pumped about anything else they're coming out with. It really has been one of my favorite video game experiences, which is saying a lot. So, Yeah, I totally agree. I think, uh, I think you really hit the nail on the head when you say it's one of the, the most rewarding uh, gaming experiences. Um, it is pretty difficult and... In that regard, I think the game is also pretty polarizing because, yeah, people either kind of like pick it up and kind of hate it right away because it's so weird and quirky. But like, um, and yeah, like like ringing like for me, for like me yeah. and you to play together, you have to like stand in the right spot, ring the right bell. It's like the weird. It's like yeah. ev- things like we, that. We, but yeah, we really struggled with that when we were trying to do it with all three of us together. We're yeah, like, we're but, out of bells. We don't have any more bells, guys. Yeah. But all that stuff, like at the, the fact that it doesn't tell you anything about it, is like the mystique of it is so cool, and uh, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, like it just it it doesn't tell you at all what it's supposed to be. So you kind of um, yeah, it doesn't hold make your it hand your own yeah at all. And um, yeah, I think the bo- the boss battles are like next level for any video game. I mean, when you're fighting a boss, whether it's by yourself or co op. Uh, it really takes a lot of like learning to kind of recognize what what kind of like attack patterns they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna do, and uh, it's really hard to kind of like pull off. And by the time you got like the health bar down to like a quarter to, quarter left, every single time your heart is just like kind of pounding with adrenaline. Cause, oh my god! Yeah, no other game really has like such high stakes. Because even getting to the boss, um, you know, you you kill enemies, and even like a little. Um, little guy on the street can can totally wreck you <laughs> so you really got to take your time with each enemy and you're making your way through the level and making your uh, way you get, downtown well <laughs> making we, your way downtown <laughs> and you're accumulating all these souls and if you die then you you lose these actually they're called blood echoes in this game so you you lose like the currency of the game if you happen to die so the stakes are just so high and um you can pick that, them that, up again though you can but it's not the easiest thing to do <laughs> Yeah, right. you can definitely right. go back and get them if you are able to. Um, but yeah, just because it's uh, such high stakes, um, that also you know inversely makes for such a rewarding and gratifying game experience when you're playing it and you actually you know get through the levels and beat the bosses. And um, yeah, and on top of that, just the style of the game is kind of insane. Um, there's so much like cryptic, weird stuff going on. You know, it's kind of like goes back to like the Victorian like medieval kind of style um, architecture mixed in with like all this weird celestial like alien type stuff and <laughs> it's just like the weirdest like but just oozing with style and uh, yeah no other no other game really has that um, visual style and uh, it really caters towards those people who love to just explore every little nook and cranny of a game which I love to do like I, I I'm kind of slow playing games because I like to look around every single corner and and these games they reward that because there's always some sort of like cool item you know waiting for you and um yeah overall amazing game the game the gameplay feels awesome and it really requires some skill 
um, and not just you know luck or button mashing kind of thing. So yeah, awesome game overall. Yeah, the the progression feels like um, it feels like a real accomplishment. Like you're like, oh wow, like I. You know, it's not it's not like those games where it just feels like you're playing a movie and you're just kind of doing some gaming along the way. Like it, it feels like it. I mean, it, it has awesome visuals and um, not really too many cutscenes and stuff. But it's like when you get to a new world. He and said they, the they name. All, he said the name. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, make sure you subscribe if you like the content. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. No, it just and any new new level or new area that you get to, you're like, oh wow, like I'm in for it. I have no idea what's gonna come up next. So. Definitely, I think you guys described it in a great way. I think you described Zach, we're, it. In a we're way. gonna we're gonna play it through uh, with you one of these days. We're gonna really get back on that horse. There we go. We'll, we'll get some new bells and we'll do that. Um, it's funny when you the way Kyle was describing it, it's like what you think about with this game is that it's super hard. Just trust me though. Like keep playing the game and <laughs> yeah, you'll, yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. learn to love it. And it is really it's a hard game just to pick up and play, but. I think it's a testament. Again, we keep coming back to it's being a, it's a testament of how good the game is, but it's number two on our list, so it must be pretty damn good for us to put it that high on the list, um, even when it's as difficult as it is. Um, yep. We've hinted a lot about what number one could be, and I think people probably could have figured it out based on the fact it hasn't been anywhere else on the list. Um, number one, Legend of Zelda. Breath of the Wild. Woo! This is a this is a system seller if there ever was one. I think so many people picked up a Switch purely to play this game. People actually had more copies of Zelda than there were Switches sold at, at some point. <laughs> I think that says a lot about the game. And it's a funny we're not, stat. We're not just giving into the hive mind here and saying like I am. Everyone I am. says it's the best game, so it must be the best game. It is the best game of this generation. Um, they did something so different, I guess. I, I don't think people expected Nintendo to be able to do an open world game as well as they did here. Um, they took all the elements that you love from past Zelda games. They took things from Ocarina of Time. They took things from Link to the Past. They took things from Twilight Princess. They took elements from all these things and combined them in a way and into an open world package in Breath of the Wild. That was something that was really never seen before. Um, they had this element of getting weapons where the weapons get damaged and they break and you need to keep finding new weapons and you need better weapons to take down different types of enemies. And you're doing all these RPG elements where you're finding different things. Um, you're leveling up different parts of um, your character um, you're finding shrines you're climbing um, atop viewpoints like we said before with other games and it combines all these elements and it somehow just works so there can be all these different things um, and you want to be able to do them all you want to travel across the desert you want to run through the forest you want to swim through the seas they do it all here <laughs> That's pretty good, right, guys? No, <laughs> so, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. It's just funny. I'm laughing. It's true. Uh, it is. There's all these different worlds, though. And there's like, it's like yeah. the things you saw in all the other Zelda games before, but massively done here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that that kind of jogged what I was gonna say because uh, it's it's it's. Uh, I, I I was gonna say like in this age of of games with the internet, you know, back in the day we couldn't just look up a guide online, you know, like 
you bought the Brady games thing or whatever, but um, <laughs> Brady shout, games. Shout, shout out to Brady games. Prima, gonna, Prima guides. Prima guides. Still around. That's where it's at. Uh, but anyway, like my point is, is that like this game is so massive and full of secrets that like even if you looked up a guide, it's like you don't even know what to look up. Like you, you, you know, you're gonna you're gonna stumble upon this stuff organically as a player, uh, you know, nine times out of ten because it's just so big. I'm sure you could look up a full guide and sit there and play it, but I'm just saying, like, most of us aren't going to do that. Um, so we uh, actually, me, uh, real quick, we actually fully talked about this subject before when we first part started playing Breath of the Wild. When we would get to a shrine and we didn't want to look up guides of how to do it because, like, we wanted to do this puzzle solving on our yeah. own. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I just think that was that to me is like the biggest asset of this game is that you are just exploring this huge land of Hyrule and then you just like find something you're like what is this what's this guy on a horse what's this uh what's this little treasure chest like there's just <laughs> I mean that's that's a lot of Zelda games it's a lot of games in general but this one is just like talk about exploration you know it's like uh, it's probably the best exploration game of all time you know you're you're always finding something new that and it and and we were discussing attention to detail like this probably is one of the best attempt games with the attention to detail ever made <laughs> yeah i think nintendo i think nintendo um they make a lot of careful but also a lot of bold kind of decisions and taking this franchise into this open world um you know world was kind of one of those bold decisions that i think might have worried a lot of people when they when they heard that it was going to become an open world thing but um yeah it it was pulled off so well and just all the underlying kind of like um things that are going on in the game from like the the full-on like physics engine that they built for it where you can literally you know swing your your fire sword in the grass and it'll it'll catch the the whole meadow on fire um Mm -hmm. that's just a very basic example but uh (laughs) things like that and um that's even fun though that's how fun this game is yeah even that is fun and i think carl was totally right when he says like it's probably the best exploration game ever made because no other open world game has done the thing where you can literally climb on literally any surface in the game Mm -hmm. and uh that truly opens it up to go anywhere you really want and to me that's what's most fun about this game is just running around and exploring i i often don't go to the objectives or actively try to find something i'll just like run around the game and and you know find some interesting like little area and uh, something catches my eye off in the distance and that's where i'll head next and i think it's so easy to kind of get lost in that world because of that aspect and uh yeah it's just like pure kind of like escapism um going into, into this world and everything just controls and feels so good and on top of that it has the whole zelda charm and kind of lore to it which is which is awesome that nostalgia factor with nintendo we talked about it with super mario odyssey it's uh it's powerful um and Mm -hmm. kyle brought up that great point of and we come back to it not using a guide as part of that nostalgia factor where i remember when i first started playing this game um, i was like okay i got this health bar i got the stamina bar and i'm like running into the wintry cold area and I was like, oh, my health keeps going down, like, but I want to get to that shrine that's up there. So my strategy was, well, I'll just keep eating these hot peppers because I didn't know about, like, <laughs> there's, like, warmer clothes that you can get eventually. So I'm just like, okay, hot peppers. That's your, that's your strategy in real life, too, usually, when you're cold. You usually uh, just go in the fridge, get a couple of jalapenos. 
Exactly. Just, yeah, he, 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 the man doesn't own a hoodie. It's pretty crazy. I just, live he, my life like Link now. So um, right, if you, you ever know, see a guy on the street just going, hi that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's super, super fun game. Um, don't want to use a guide. Want to have all those nostalgia factors be in play. It's Nintendo, and somehow Nintendo, I think for like many, many console generations, could say put out the best game of a generation. And there's still some years to go in this one. We might need to update this list in the next few years. There's still more games coming out. Um, plenty of plenty of good games. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with our top ten list. But I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Nintendo comes out with another game that deserves to be at number one on this list. But for now... Yeah, I, I, can I just like add one little thing at the end of that? Go for uh, it. Oh, yeah. So w- w- uh, you were talking nostalgia and stuff, and that stuff is huge with the Nintendo, but what I think is really important to like touch on is that th- they it, it, you're, you're not blinded. You might be a little bit blinded by past games, like with Odyssey and that, but... These games, if wouldn't you say if this was the first time you played a Zelda game in your entire life, you had never heard of Zelda, you would you would be like, damn, this is an incredible game. Like like it's not what I'm saying is it's not completely based on nostalgia. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's just like they 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 come with it every time. You know, they're able to reinvent themselves in ways where even if you're a new player, if you're an old player, it's an awesome experience no matter what. And I think. Yep. That's the best thing about Nintendo, and they keep doing it. So they'll probably put out another game this generation that ends up being number one on our list. But (laughs) that's for the future. Right now, this is our top ten list, and you just got to experience it. Do you disagree with it? Do you agree with it? Doesn't matter, because like we said (laughs) earlier, this is the definitive list. This is 100% correct, and there's no convincing us otherwise, even though... Not all three of us have played all these games. We agree yeah. on it. It's usually like, please, like, chime in in the comments with your opinion. But we're just like, we don't want that. Like, this is definitive. Doesn't matter what you guys think. Just kidding. It totally matters what you think. It does matter <laughs> what you guys think. So You guys matter. They do. They do. And if you're, <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts on the Google Play Store, on Stitcher Radio, on CastBox. We're pretty much everywhere now that a podcast can be. And if you're listening to it on one of those services, please give us a five-star review. It definitely helps with us getting up in the rankings and getting more listeners. And that's what we want, because we want to have debates about these lists, even though we say we don't want to. So please, (laughs) please um, give us those reviews and subscribe. Love you. Love you. That's it. Um, That's going to be my new sign off every podcast. Love you. Love you. This has been now loading a video game podcast. Cutscene out.